Well, hello, Soma Church. Uh, this is Hannah Anderson, and Pastor Brandon is not here today. We have actually taken over the podcast and kicked him out. And with me today is um, a couple Soma friends, uh, Jackie Magnuson and Taylor Ellis. And we are just going to have a great time today, I think. Jackie, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Um, And we are going to try to unpack some of the things that came up in the sermon on Sunday about the vocation um, to singleness. But before we do that, I would just love to have you introduce yourselves to listeners, maybe folks who are new to SOMA or maybe are listening outside of the SOMA family. Uh, Why don't we start with you, Jackie? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your life, what you do, um, how you spend your days? Yeah. Sounds good. Thank, yeah, thanks so much for having us, inviting mm-hmm. us into this conversation. So, um, yeah, my name is Jackie Magnuson. I, gosh, I've been at SOMA for um, almost eight and a half years now. So I've been around to see all the different iterations, and um, it's just been really cool to see the church grow. And um, yeah, just excited for even this next this next phase as we go back to the, our old building. Um, but I, uh, I've been in Indy for about. 14 years now, I think, and uh, I'm currently uh, with a software company doing sales and um, thinking about um, calling and vocation. You know, I'm a I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a neighbor, I'm a roommate, I'm a friend, um, I'm a really awesome Aunt Jackie. Um, <laughs> I'm going for Aunt of the Year, so any other aunts out there, you have competition. Um, but I love my little niece, Isla. So, uh, yeah. So a little bit about me, hopefully that helps. I love how you, you know, describe yourself in all of these different dimensions. Cause I think that's so important for us to remember, even when we're talking about vocation, um, that it is made up of the details of our lives, right? That's how we're defining vocation, that it is the call to love God and to love our neighbors through the particular details of our lives that have come to us through his providence. And so there are multiple vocations that we exist in all at the same time. And I think it's just so helpful to remember that, that all of these different things are part of what God is calling us to. So Taylor, tell us about yourself. Yeah, um, just like Jackie said, I think we're both really excited just to get to talk to you, maybe a little bit nervous, but <laughs> also excited. Um, yeah, I am Taylor Ellis. I've been at SOMA, I think around six years. Um, it was really my first church home coming out of college. Um, I'm from Indiana, like Hoosier through and through, uh, but my family actually has moved to South Carolina. So um, that's been an interesting transition of not having um, immediate family in the city. Um, my background, I um, went to Ball State, which never gets recognized from the stage. I feel like I have a beef with that. It's like a smaller school in Indiana. Um, it's always, yeah, the other schools get mentioned, but I went to Ball State for journalism. And then as I was in that field, um, just felt, yeah, the call of God to kind of totally change directions and went into social work. Um, so I currently um, do mental health counseling, actually, for teenage girls and for women in their 20s. Um, so when we talk about vocation, um, that has been such a clear, I think, example in my life of the Lord just, um, yeah, really revealing himself and providentially just taking care of me in that area and just totally redirecting me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when I'm not doing counseling and talking to teenage girls, I have a teenage little sister who I adore, who's uh, 17. Um, and then my parents, um, and yeah, they're all, they're all in the South. So they're um, getting to enjoy beautiful weather all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, I think that's a little bit, yeah, about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just Jackie's Jackie's friend too. That's one of my vocations. <laughs> I love that because friendship is a vocation that we don't often think about, but it is a calling to people, right? It's a calling to community. It's a calling to life together. And I think that's one thing that even as we talk today, one of the biggest misconceptions I think that I've seen around um, a call to singleness is the belief that it means you're alone in the world, that you have been singled out. And I think as much as we can kind of push back against that narrative, um, it's important. But also, I do want to say uh, you are both currently single. So that's part of why we wanted to chat tonight is because it's one thing for, you know, Pastor Brandon to get up there, teach or me to teach. Um, We both have been in the vocation of marriage to our spouses for, you know, going on 15, 20 years. So, you know, we're speaking um, from a certain perspective and we want to make sure that we get as many voices into the conversation and really think through this in in a way that's robust um, and meaningful, regardless of what vocation God has called you to in this particular season. Um, so, so one thing I was really struck by, and, you know, I just want to kind of throw this out for you. When I was studying and I was kind of preparing to teach, I was really struck by the fact that Jesus was called to singleness within his own vocation. And I think that was you know, it's obviously right there in the text. It's obviously a huge part of the gospel story. But so often I think we hear about Christ and his church, right? We, we hear about um, Jesus sacrificing himself for his bride. But when we think about his lived experience in the human body, it was an experience of singleness. It was a call to singleness. Um, I was just curious how that hit you both. Um, if that was something you thought of before or um, what you took away from that. Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, I do feel like I should clarify. I'm actually a girlfriend too. That is one of my callings, but I was single for a very long time. So anyways, um, but uh, no, when when you and Brandon spoke about that, uh, about Jesus from Sunday, um, I think to me what stood out was, you know, Jesus was countercultural, right? And everything he did. And I thought, man, even in his, even being a single man, like the way you guys really broke down some of that context and how just being a single Jewish man was very countercultural. I just thought that was just really cool. Like another way that like when Jesus walked on his earth, he was different. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then someone who has been a vocation of singleness for, was it for a long time? It's like, just a reminder of like, he can relate to me. Like he knows, mm-hmm. he knows what I'm going through. Um, maybe it was a little bit different. I don't know if Jesus longed to be married as maybe I did for, a, you know, for a while, but it was that, um, man, he, he, he's walked in my experience before, which mm-hmm. is just really cool. Yeah. 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 Well, and I would just, just add to that. I wish, I wish that we had, um, 
or I wish I've, I would have heard teaching on that. I think even like as a younger, you know, mm-hmm. single person, um, because I think when we look at Jesus in the gospels, it's not just his teaching, but the way he lived his life that we're, he is the, he is the example of the fully human life and mm-hmm. uh, the model for us. And so mm-hmm. I think that even just this idea of that he had this close, intimate circle of friends. Um, so he wasn't this idea, right, of being single and alone. Like he still had intimacy with the father and then with a close group of friends that he shared his life with. So I just think that that category is so helpful for single people that, like Jackie said, he knows, he sees you, he's mm-hmm. lived that, like so literally in his body mm-hmm. as a single person. But he also knows what it's like to have intimacy and friendship that the end with the Lord that satisfies you as a single person. Um, so I just, yeah, I think that that's such a helpful category for us to look at, not just his teachings, but how he lived his life and that he was single. That's just yeah. really helpful. Because one of the challenges within our own culture is that we do tend to equate intimacy with relationship like either um, a married relationship or a romantic relationship and so it's really hard for us to even envision or imagine this kind of breaking apart that interpersonal intimacy is not the same thing as sex, right? It's not the same thing as a romantic relationship, that there is a, a deep experience of connection and um, knowledge of other people and vulnerability that can come in a whole host of relationships that aren't just romantic relationships or, or a vocational call to marriage. And I think that's really something that tends to be lost um, with the way we think about forming relationships within the modern West. Um, so, so as you said, Taylor, to even see how Christ um, not only experiences this kind of vulnerability with his disciples and his friends, but even the intimacy of coming to Mary and Martha's house, uh, friendship with Lazarus. And I think some of that is also displayed in the vulnerability that he shows in his ministry. Like this is not a person who is cut off, hidden, pulling away. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is an embrace of that kind of intimacy and vulnerability within um, the call to singleness. Mm-hmm. So that's that's such a beautiful picture when you actually have the opportunity to meditate on it and kind of set it up and think along those lines. It, it's really a lot of food uh, for thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, go ahead, Jack. As you're as both talking, like now, obviously, we see Jesus healing people, right? He's healing physical needs. He's healing the blind, a leper, um, all these things. Um, but just kind of thinking about, like, you know, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, like Jesus wasn't afraid to step into the hard things mm-hmm. with his like friends, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of that emotional like connection and that that intimacy there, and like just I don't know, that's just kind of neat because I think sometimes we just focus on his healing of mm-hmm. more of a physical need but just that he he cared for people and he mm-hmm. you know he cared for us um he cared for his friends he cared for his friends he wept with them right so mm-hmm. um he's with us right that that kind of um commitment to his friends wasn't dependent on i've made a, a vow of marriage to someone right or a blood relationship it was um this openness to suffering with them to rejoicing with them and understanding that a friendship can be deeper than just, oh, we hang out together or we, um, 
you know, our lives align in certain schedules or something, because I do think friendship is another thing that we lose when we prioritize romantic relationship, when, when everything becomes packaged in romantic relationship or marriage, we really do lose this other category of vulnerability and the depth that friendship um, can experience. And I also think, as as you mentioned, um, Jackie, you know, doing this work of vulnerability and ministry and healing, he's also so life-giving, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so much goodness comes from him. It's, it's, it's a, and maybe pardon the language, I tend to be a little, uh, you know, dramatic sometimes, but it's like a fertility almost. Like there's there's this life-giving quality to his ministry within his singleness. And I think that's kind of something that maybe, again, so just kind of socially, we don't associate um, as the call to singleness can be also, is also a call to bring life and goodness to the places um, wherever you find yourself. Yeah. So I guess um, along that line, one thing I'd like to um, hear from you and maybe um, explore for a little bit is what have been the unexpected gifts or the unexpected blessings that have come through your calling, your, your, your calling to singleness in different seasons? What have been things that have been, oh, I didn't know that would be part of this? Um, I think that like if I just even I mentioned this earlier but if I think back to like early 20s when I was just wrestling um I think in the vocation that I that I thought I would work in with journalism and telling stories and just um the Lord I guess being a single person having the space for the Lord to redirect me and for me to be able to make that decision mm -hmm. to leave my job, but go back to school to get my master's in social work and pursue this vocation that I felt like the Lord was called, like laying on my heart. I was able to have the freedom and the space to make that decision and to make that change. Um, apart from maybe having to consider just like a broader set of needs of different people. Um, and I think that yeah, I think that there's just a beauty in, I guess, the space I had to just wrestle through that with the Lord. Um, and just a, a beauty and singleness where even like the field that he's directed in me into, I think with social work, um, it requires some odd hours and responding to crisis situations and um, working in the evenings and just practical things where my life as a single person, um, you know, can, can align with that type of um, work vocational calling. So I think that I just see um, how maybe it could be really difficult to do just some of the, the work that I, I do um, if I were in a different season of my life um, or married or had kids. Um, and then I think that it's given me the time and space to invest my life in teenage girls. I never thought that that's what I would spend um, a lot of my 20s doing. But I think like you were saying, um, giving, I guess, like bringing life into the world for me has looked like trying to invest in teenage girls and help them feel seen and known and loved and pursued. Um, so that's, you know, the, yeah. I, I think that's a fascinating unexpected gift because I can tell you as someone who is married at 22, mm -hmm. right? There was, once you begin to lay out a certain set of decisions, you do kind of get 
um, it's not getting locked into things, but you know, one decision cuts off other decisions. And so I know for me, I got married at 22. I had my first child at 25. Like there was no changing that route. There was just no, let's, let's think of something else we would want to do. And, and, you know, God's uh, calling, whatever it is for us comes through his providence. And I don't look at that as anything I miss, but I can tell you 100% that it, I did not have the freedom to reconsider vocational directions within that period of my life. Jackie, what would you say are some of the unexpected gifts or blessings of your season of singleness? Um, for those that know us, they know that Taylor is always way more deep and intentional. <laughs> I'm over here thinking I got to travel the world and it was awesome. <laughs> like that, you know, I think that was, if I'm honest with you, Hannah, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. Um, you know, prior job I did, I traveled a lot and I, it, maybe in a similar way, Taylor's talking about kind of a unique work schedule. I always remember thinking like, wow, God, um, I'm actually thankful that I don't have two kiddos at home because this would make this really hard. And I felt like it allowed me to, um, to be present when I was like on the road and like working and traveling. And there was a loneliness there too. And to be honest, in some ways I was probably escaping my loneliness, not being at home because I was like, oh, I'm doing all these cool things. Like I'm out and about, I'm okay. And, um, I mean, but so it was a benefit, but I think, I think for me, Hannah, the last like five years or so, um, I, uh, actually had a dear friend, uh, uh give me some feedback that I probably, uh, relied on her friendship too much, um, uh, like emotionally. Cause I, I'm, if you're an Enneagram fan, I'm a three wing two, like I desire connection. Like I want to be known, like that's really important to me. And uh, she kind of had to politely, incur- you know, let me know that like, hey, this is probably unhealthy the way you're relying on my friendship, you know? And so um, it was hard, but it kind of set me in a, a new journey of like, honestly, figuring out then, then, then who am I? <laughs> what, you know, where do I belong? You know, and um, I think uh, it really developed, it was the beginning of me developing a true intimacy with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I grew up in the church, I accepted Jesus at 12, I went to a Christian school, all these things, I've known God. And I'd say that I've had a relationship with God for a very long time. But I don't think it was until I stopped actually relying on other people that I developed, like I figured out who Jesus was and who my identity was in him. And um, that's been a good journey. It's been hard, but like, I'm so grateful for that. So that's well, and, Yeah. And like we talked about before we got on, um, we had briefly mentioned how no matter what vocation you're called to, whether it's uh, singleness or marriage, that a lot of the same underlying virtues and character and cultivation work is happening. Because I I hear you say, you know, Jackie, you know, describing that kind of over-reliance on another person. I can tell you 100% that that happens in marriage, but sometimes it's baptized in marriage. Like you're allowed or you're supposed to kind of rely heavily on your spouse but it's just as dangerous because you find that you you're relying on another person to meet emotional needs or spiritual needs that God himself is supposed to um, meet and I I remember even going through a similar time within my marriage of having to say wait a minute this is a partnership that God has given but this person, this, you know, this husband is not my source of life and goodness and emotional health. You know, God has to be that for me. 
Yeah. And I, and I look at it now, I'm like, man, it is only the Lord's kindness to walk through that. And now being in a relationship, I feel like I'm much more aware mm. of when I'm leaning towards that. Cause that's probably in some ways that's how God made me. Right. Mm. Like I'm a connector of people and that's a gift of mine. But when my connection with people is the sole focus, then that's unhealthy. Mm. Right. But when it's like, no, 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 I am loved by God. Like he, my identity is secure in him. Therefore now I get to go connect with mm. other people it's good and so to your point Hannah like I went to the Christian school I wanted the MRS degree right (laughs) there was a there was a sadness as I graduated Iowa at 22 that I will never meet a Christian boy again and it took me a while but like I think um yeah I'm I'm just grateful um that I I was able to figure that out on my own because um not to say it won't be a struggle thinking about uh marriage but also um I just feel in a much healthier place to Mm -hmm. enter that yeah And I think that kind of brings up another thing I wanted to ask you both about is, you know, you alluded to loneliness, Jackie, and maybe kind of keeping yourself busy um, to kind of dull the loneliness. Uh, What are then some of the challenges um, to your, to the calling of singleness? What are the ones that maybe people don't see or they wouldn't imagine um, and they need help kind of envisioning, oh, actually, this is something that's really hard within this vocation. Yeah, and I think that this this could be a, a unique just kind of combination of, um, I think we all, have, like we, we've learned in this series, a unique combination of vocations the Lord has providentially assigned to us. And so the combination of being um, doing counseling and investing in people emotionally and then not having anybody that I just kind of like walk downstairs to to process my day with, um, there is a unique way that that um, opens, I guess, the opportunity for loneliness, but also like a unique way I have to process some things with the Lord. Um, so I think that there there just can be a loneliness of just sharing um, sharing the burdens. Mm, of right. Unique combination of vocations um and then I also think like just very practically like you just you go to the grocery alone Mm. you make dinner alone and I have amazing community at Selma so I think you can have amazing community and friendship and Hannah maybe you can speak to this there's still just that ache I think that Mm -hmm. like ache of loneliness that we all have because like it can only yeah just be satisfied in Christ Um, so I think that there's a unique part of that um, loneliness that can be hard. It can be an invitation, I think, to intimacy with the Lord, but you sometimes you want to resist it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it doesn't feel like a gift in the moment mm-hmm. when you are just, you know, maybe spending a night at home alone when everybody, your married friends have plans um, or when, you know, just everybody's busy, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of has their own things going on with their family. So yeah, I just and I think that's there's a natural loneliness that accompanies the vocation. And then I think there's ways in which our society puts extra burden on that. Um, so, for example, I was listening to you talk about just not having someone to run errands with. And I had stumbled across, I can't even remember where I saw it, but within the last week, there was someone who was not from the United States saying, Do you all not just run errands together? Do you not? just call up your friend and say, hey, I'm going to do this, come along. And her point was, um, within American society, getting together with a friend has to be more, meet me at this place so we can have coffee. 
And there wasn't the same kind of understanding that you can just go to the grocery store together, or you can, you know, just do your things just to be together. And I think that's an example of how, yes, there's an intrinsic um, burden, perhaps, but there's also ways the society around us makes that burden heavier to bear, just because of the isolation we tend to exist in rather than just coming alongside each other and saying, hey, let's go to the grocery store together. Um, Jackie, did you have any thoughts about some of the hidden challenges or um, other things that might not be as obvious to someone outside of the calling? Yeah, I mean, Taylor did a great job answering it. Um, you know, I just think like some of my bad habits accelerate when I'm alone, right? And, uh, you know, I think, um, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is there, but I think maybe uh, friends who just know like, hey, this is a struggle for me, maybe uh, to be intentional to ask about that. Cause there is a reality, like there'll be moments where I'm physically alone, <laughs> you know, like th th and that's okay. Um, but you know, maybe some of those challenges come creep into those places more. And that's, I think that's with a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? Um, the other thing that kind of popped in my head and, and I think you and Brandon touched on this, but like, you know, invite us over. <laughs> married people more thinking about that you know um I have a good friend on the west side she's got four kiddos and you know it's like I go over there and at four o'clock and there's no pressure like the house doesn't have to be put together right there doesn't have to be a meal at the table it's just like come just come and enter in the chaos with me and I'm mm -hmm. I'm Aunt Jackie and we run around and you know what I mean and it's like I love it you know mm -hmm. and I'm not I'm not like walking away thinking like oh my gosh I wish we were going to the newest um, di you know, dinner restaurant on Mass Ave. It's like, no, like that was so fun. It was so, I just enjoyed being a part of their family and just coming in and um, yeah, being loved by them, even in the, the craziness. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say, I'll speak from the perspective of someone who is within, you know, a marriage and a uh, mother to children. One of our dearest friends is a single young man. I think he's maybe 25 now. And he has just been so kind to my kids. My kids are 12 to 16. And over quarantine, he introduced them to Magic the Gathering, the card game. <laughs> and he became their like source of once a week, Daniel's coming over and we're going to play Magic the Gathering. And he was such a, just such a blessing in his presence. And, um, you know, I would say, you come over, I'll make sure we have food for you, whatever you want to drink, you know, and just come be with us. And, and it was just such a joy in both directions, too. Um, and it, so much so that I even, you know, dedicated, he was within our acknowledgments of the, my recent, most recent book, because he just became such an integral part of our life together as a family. And, and I think that's, again, one of the things we want to just push against this narrative that the vocation to singleness is not an isolation. It's not a call to isolation. It's not a call to aloneness, that this is a vocation that is lived out within community, whether it's the community of the church, the community of extended family. It's not a call to be alone. Now, we don't always do that well. To, I mean, I'll just confess that right up front that our society is designed around the nuclear family it's designed around 
the home. And, and as Christians, we have to honor what God honors. And while he honors marriage, he also honors singleness. And we have to be willing within our own communities to kind of rearrange and imagine a little more about what it might look like to live out these parallel callings together, mutually supporting each other. And, and I wanted to ask you all, what have been some of the best ways that you've been supported in your calling by the community around you? Yeah, yeah I would I, I'd love to answer that question because I think that um, I'm not just saying this because we're on a SOMA podcast, but like SOMA has been such a gift, like in so many ways. I don't, yeah, I just, I can't even name um, the amount of people in our community who have loved me, had me over for dinner. Um, we, we're in a missional community together. Um, and our community for most of its um, time at SOMA has had some age diversity. Mm-hmm. So just going over to people's homes um, that are in totally different seasons of life as us that have adult children or having grandchildren and just sitting around a table and um, yeah, learning about each other's lives. Um, and I think that I have been incredibly blessed with um, one of my um, yeah, dearest friends, Emily, who's at Soma, her and her husband, of just like opening their home during COVID, their backyard to not only us, but like a lot of our community yeah. um, and just married friends inviting you into their life with you. Um, so I don't know if that's like a super specific answer, but I just think Soma has been probably one of the first churches where I've really experienced what it means to have like the family of God around you and how that can make such an impact and a difference in living out the vocation of singleness. Um, It just, I think Brandon said this, but like, it's just, it's really not possible to live Mm -hmm. out the vocation of singleness without community. Like it, it will go poorly eventually like that. It's just not going to work. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that our community at SOMA um, and just inviting us into the, like you said, Hannah, like the normal rhythms of your life, um, that has been such a gift. And I'm thankful that I've experienced that because I know that's not everybody's um, experience, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, yes, I echo those <laughs> sentiments. Um, but I think for me, Hannah, um, where my head was going is, um, so I bought my house at 25 and um, I can change a light bulb, but that is like the extent of what I can do. And so nothing, nothing can get me more fearful and anxious and oh, feeling alone is when something breaks down in my home and my parents aren't in, uh, they, they live three hours away. Now, trust me, they've literally driven to my house on a Saturday, mowed my lawn and drove home. So like my parents are wonderful support, but I think I have felt so loved by other people is when honestly, my friends have sent their husbands to my home and have helped me with my with my house. Um, one time that just really stands out. Uh, gosh, it was probably 2014, 15. It was like the first polar vortex that we got. Um, one of my pipes burst and it was like nine o'clock at night and I I don't know how to turn my like water off mm. from the external part. And um, this is actually an old boss uh, he's married with five kiddos and he came over at nine 30 at night and together we struggled through turning off the water. And it was just like, in that moment, it was like, God, you see me, I am not alone. You know what I mean? You are providing for literally my every need. Mm-hmm. And, um, so practically through, you know, through, a you know, my married friend, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and just other times I just can echo those sentiments like that. That is when it's like, oh man, God is so with me and providing for me. Um, even though I don't have this husband that, you know, in, in the thinking about the home that he'd be doing that. So, um, yeah. You know, and that's such a good point about, you know, in, in first, I think it's first Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and, and tells us to regard each other within the church as fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. And what you described, Jackie, is exactly what a brother does for a sister. You know, you can call up your brother and say, please come help me because of this very practical thing that I need help with. And I want to just make this uh, push too, because I, I know my, my single friends have mentioned this and I know um, it's not something that gets talked about a lot. And I've seen it a lot in uh, the space of people pursuing writing. Um, you know, I'm an author. Uh, writing is not a steady income. I just want to say that. And what my single friends have challenged me about and mentioned to me is that by being married, I have someone sharing the financial burden. And that gives me margin to not have to have a steady income. And there is a privilege there that has allowed me to write and has allowed me to develop this other vocation and in God's providence brought together, um, you know, my husband's vocation and my ability and, and has directed me this way. But I do want to just make the point for everyone listening, because I don't want Jackie or Taylor to have to make this point. But there is a financial disincentive that happens when you are vocationally single, because you are not sharing that load with someone else, whether it's bills or housing or food, it's it is cheaper in many ways to buy in bulk and buy things, whether it's lighting or electricity. I mean, it really is. And and I think that's something we need to remember, even as we want to support um, those in the calling of singleness, that we might see someone who is able to work. As, as Taylor and Jackie said, you know, they, they have this freedom within their job, but that doesn't necessarily equate with um, financial stability or financial ease. And I think it's really important for us um, who are not within the vocation of singleness to remember that and to find ways to support that very practically as well. Um, just because it is a reality. It's the way our economic system is structured. It's the way um, there's kind of a marriage advantage in a way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to plug that so that... <laughs> nobody else present has to <laughs> no i think that's well said i think that's yeah, well said yeah. and just a reminder of the difference you know that is one of the differences between two, two locations so yeah and i would have never thought of it until my friends um who were in a similar career as me pointed it out and it was it was very humbling it was also very important for me to recognize um, because then even when I come back to my own calling that God has called me into, I can do so with a sense of, okay, there's a level of privilege here that I'm coming into and I need to honor that and recognize that. Um, so, well, I just want to say thank you both for sharing so much with us, sharing your, your wisdom, your experience. Um, and I would just like to pray for both of you and to pray for those within SOMA community that are 
called to this vocation in this season, um, that they would have what they need to live faithfully and to um, bring life to the world within their own um, callings that God has given them. Father, we thank you that you see us and know us, that you provide for your children, that in your wisdom and providence, you have laid out our lives and you have directed us toward the work and the vocations that you have for us. We thank you for um, your son and how he showed um, singularity of devotion to you, but also lived fully uh, with intimacy and vulnerability and kindness uh, with those around him and brought such goodness and life into the world uh, as a single person. Thank you for uh, the conversation we've had together today. Um, I pray that you will bless uh, both Taylor and Jackie and the other members of Soma Church who ha you have called into um, singleness for this season. I pray that you will provide needs, that you will provide friendships, that you will be present and goodness will flow from their lives as well. We ask this all in your son's name. Amen.